Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, all ages, like this one here, yeah. you are listening to a Rattlegen Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. and tonight we are reviewing Hotel Transylvania Transformania. And the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. The former brought to you by the good people at Sony, and it was distributed for streaming on Amazon Prime because that is the way of the future. <laughs> also, uh, the Adventures of Buck Wild was uh, sent straight to streaming on Disney Plus as part of their Fox merger. And joining me, of course, is the fastest rising star of the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network family of panelists, ladies and gentlemen, Jonas Rattledge. How do you do, sir? Um, I'm good. Um, <laughs> you you asked to do these, and then you and then you're so you're so monotone, you're so downplayed. You got to be up. You got to be. You got to be. I am good. There you go. Just let the heavens know that you are ready for business. You are ready to be entertaining. Entertain them. Dance, monkey. Perfect. Now we can get on with the show. All right, Jonas. Uh, so you, you and I talked about wanting to do these reviews for the uh, Hotel Transylvania and Ice Age. Let's start with Hotel Transylvania, which came out at the beginning of January after being delayed from October, being delayed a few times uh, over the course of 2021. But uh, it had a premiere date of somewhere in October, and then they just gave up entirely, sold it to Amazon and washed their hands of it. So, um, how have you liked the first three Hotel Transylvania movies so far, leading into this one? I'm pretty sure I don't. I I didn't like really watch any. I only remember what happened in the um, last two movies, mm -hmm. um, the new one and one that became before it. Okay. Yep. Um, as a matter of fact, you were there when we saw Hotel Transylvania two in the drive-in, which is actually up. Uh, our re-airing of that review is in the archives now. So, if I remember correctly, the first one, Mavis meets Johnny. Yeah. The second one is where they have the baby. No, the, no, I'm pretty sure they have the baby at the end okay. of the first one. The, the, the second one is whether or not the baby is going to be a vampire or a human is the central conflict. Yeah, the, and Drax trying to tone it, right. trying to do make him a vampire. Right. And then the third one is where they meet the Van Helsing family and Drax and Lady Van Helsing get together. Right. Yeah. And now that leads us to this one. So my question still stands. From what you remember, how have you liked the Hotel Transylvania series so far? Okay. It's okay. okay. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about it? About the movies leading about the first three. What you can remember of the first three Hotel Transylvania movies? I don't have anything I dislike about them, but I don't have anything that I like about them. They're just kind of fun movies to watch. Yeah. Okay. Um. So this one, Hotel Transylvania Transformania. The plot goes like this. During the celebration of the 125th anniversary of Hotel Transylvania, Mavis overhears Dracula's plans to retire and leave the hotel to her. She tells Johnny, who excitedly tells Dracula, his plans to renovate the hotel. Uh, worried about Johnny ruining the hotel like he does, 
Dracula lies to him, as per usual, saying that there is a real estate law which only lets monsters own the hotel, disappointing Johnny. Van Helsing decides to help Johnny using a ray that turns people into monsters and vice versa. So it's like a Freaky Friday type deal. Mm-hmm. After testing, actually, Johnny actually says that. <laughs> yes. After testing it on his guinea pig, Gigi, he uses it on Johnny, who turns into a dragon-like monster. Oh, Gigi's actually the true villain of the story. Indeed. Learning about monster Johnny, Dracula uh, tries to turn him back to normal, but accidentally turns himself into a human and breaks the ray's crystal. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And now we have our MacGuffin to chase after. Van Helsing tells Dracula that uh, and Johnny that they can still turn themselves back to normal by getting a new crystal which lives in a cave in South America. So Dracula and Johnny set off to do so. And yes, now we have a road picture movie. Uh, Dracula's friends, Frank, Wayne, Griffin, and Murray end up becoming humans as well as a result of drinking from a fountain that was contaminated by the ray. Mavis and Erica confront Van Helsing after learning about Dracula and Johnny's whereabouts in the news. But he warns them about the effects of the ray as people become monsters, uh, continue to mutate, and become more hostile as time goes on. With this in mind, the rest of the gang head to South America to find Dracula and Johnny. While traveling through South, the South American jungle, Dracula and Johnny begin to bond. And Dracula eventually begins to confess that he lied about the monster real estate law, like he does in every movie. <laughs> he lies about something. But the rest of the group find them. Things turn sour when Dracula admits his deception regarding passing over the hotel to Ma- Mavis and Johnny. This prompts an upset Johnny to believe that Dracula does not consider him family and to mutate further before running away. Mavis goes to find Johnny while Dracula and the rest of the gang go to find the crystal. Mavis finds Johnny, but the transformation has turned him very volatile. She leads him into the cave where they finally find the crystal. When Mavis tries to turn Johnny back to normal, nothing can ha- nothing happens due to him being too frenzied. In desperation, Dracula lets himself get captured by Johnny and goes on a remorseful tangent about how wrong he was about Johnny and how he now sees the best in him, finally acknowledging him as family. Yes, he's, he's the gooey center of the marshmallow. This brings Johnny back to his senses, and he is reuni- returned to human form. Gosh, I wish that worked in real life. Here, let me be fairly reasonable with you. Oh, I see that you're being fairly reasonable. I'll change now. I wish that were true. Um, With Dracula and his friends turned back to normal, they return home only to find the hotel has been destroyed by Gigi. After turning Gigi back to normal, Dracula bemoans his loss. He soon decides to let Mavis and Johnny rebuild it until they're like, here, (laughs) you are now inheriting my mound of trash. Here's my cube. (laughs) Is it about my cube? Here's your cube. (laughs) Do what you want with the cube. A year, a year later, Mavis and Johnny show Dracula the rebuilt Hotel Transylvania, which he comes to enjoy, which is... Wait, but, right? wait, wait, but yes. what happened over that year? Were they living on the streets? You know, they probably got a trailer. They probably lived in a trailer on the property while, you know, the construction people put the hotel back together again. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so there it is. There's Hotel Transylvania for... Um, I wanted to share with you, before we get into the craft review... That one of the things that was different from this one, from the previous three, was that, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, whoever plays Dracula is different this time around than, it uh, used to be Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is no longer in this movie. It's Brian Hull. Did you happen to notice the change in the voice? No, because I don't remember his actual voice. Okay. So it, so it, it, it didn't change how you felt about the movie to you. It was, yeah. you know. Honestly, you I didn't even notice. Changed. Okay, you thought all it was all the same actors. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. 
some of them were changed. Like Kevin James was the voice of Frankenstein in the first couple of movies. This time it's Brad Abrell who does not have a Wikipedia page. I want to I want to like now watch the other movies. To see if the see if the voice thing is different? Yeah. Okay. I think that was the only um I think it was the only major change in the voices here. Uh, Zoe Berry is Winnie. Um, and she was originally voiced by Sadie Sandler. Okay, who cares? <laughs> All right, so those are the only major ones. It's Adam Sandler's not in this. Instead, it's Brian Hull. Uh, I noticed a slight change in the voice, but not enough. to. He doesn't get enough Adam Sandler doing Dracula impression that, you know, it didn't take me out of the movie too much. All right, so you, who the this is the intended audience for, mm-hmm. what did you think of Hotel Transylvania for? I thought it was a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. But if you were just more about how, I don't think it's like, I think it actually has like kind of a message like, even though that someone's annoying, they're still family. I think that's very true. Yeah. I think that's that's the lesson here is that, you know, you may not always agree with your family. You may have a different point of view and all of that, but they're still your family and you should love them uh, mm-hmm. as best you can. So that was a message that worked for you, that stayed with you, that resonated with you mm-hmm. through the movie? Yeah. Okay. There was, you and I talked about this as the movie was going on. That sometimes the characters look okay, you know, for the world that they've created, and sometimes they look even more cartoony than I think they intended. Yeah, like Ilika. Yeah. She looks really cartoony to me. Okay, so talk about that for a little bit. Like, what do you mean by she looks really too cartoony? She had this weird reflection on her face because I'm pretty sure she's super pale, so mm-hmm. she has a reflection okay. on her face that makes it look super cartoony. Like, like so cartoony that it doesn't look like the rest of the characters. Like, there's something wrong with your face? Yes. Okay. Um, so, what else about this movie? Was there anything about this movie that you didn't like or didn't really work for you or were bored by? I was, I was kind of disgusted just thinking about how sweaty Dracula with a pen. <laughs> what, <laughs> traipsing through the jungles of South Africa? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was one of the things I was thinking about while I was watching this is that, you know, the whole first part of the act, like the first 15 minutes is Johnny trying very, very hard to impress Dracula, uh, but not getting it right. And Dracula being overly dependent on his super Dracula powers to fix everything. And that life comes very, very easy to Dracula because he has all of these powers. Mm-hmm. And then you take them away from him. And, you know, he's always had this, he's always been very judgy of Johnny. Johnny wasn't good enough for his daughter. I'm sure a lot of fathers can relate to that. <laughs> no no boy is good enough for, the, for their for their firstborn daughter. Um, but he also saw Johnny as kind of a putz and very klutzy. And, you know, he, and because I think things always came so easily to Dracula that he just assumed that, he had to have assumed that there were better humans out there and that Johnny was just some of, just one of the dumbest. And then he becomes a human himself and he has to hike through the jungle of South America and he like breaks his feet and his legs and he's attacked by mosquitoes, which is a really funny sequence. You even have said, I think you should be dead. Yeah. And so he suddenly realizes that maybe Johnny wasn't so bad or so weak or so dumb uh, after having been a human for you know a day. <laughs> and realizing, hey, this kind of sucks when you don't have superpowers. Yeah. Um. So that or at least had them, then had them took, taken, taken away. away. Yes. Uh. So I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, a fairly a fair amount of comedy in this, uh, especially with Drax's gang. You know, the other monsters they all get turned into various 
humans. Your sister struggled with Frankenstein, who was Hotsy Totsy. Uh-huh. He had, he had, was it the one that you said had sick hair, or was it somebody else? No, there was a guy that didn't have anything to do with this movie, mm-hmm. had tentacle hair, and <laughs> I said sick hair. Oh, okay, that's what you were talking about? Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Drax's gang in their human form? Was that funny to you? Um, yeah, but do you think that... Um, the Invisible Man will still have no short or pants on. Let me ask and you a yeah. question. If you could be invisible all the time, would you wear clothing? Because I wouldn't. <laughs> I would I would be buck naked, who we'll talk about momentarily. Oh, wait, that's buck wild. Um, yeah, I mean, would you, would you wear clothing if you could be invisible all the time? Well, if anyone noticed, well, if anyone would, would take a minute to think about that, mm-hmm. um, they would probably be pretty disturbed. <laughs> Why do you say that, Jonas? Well, you have a naked man with just walking <laughs> just, around. Just walking around. Yeah. Just letting it all hang out in the breeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to get naked and get to know your darn self. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Um, maybe, maybe. how about a kilt? Would you wear a kilt? What's a kilt? Um, it's like a plaid skirt that uh, the Sc- Scottish men wear because they're awesome warrior people. Okay, how about a skirt? How about a dress? No. Okay, no dresses? No. How about a diaper? A toga? Definitely no. Well, that would be nice. Okay. Maybe just some underwear? Yeah. All right. Wait, wait, then people will know that I'm naked. Well, that was kind of his point. He just, he said he didn't wear any clothing. He even says that in the movie. He was like, you know, didn't you notice that nothing else on me you could see except for my glasses? Yeah. See? So there you go. So if you were invisible all the time... And then you just wear underwear. You would be a disembodied pair of underwear floating in the world. Uh, but do you think they will, they will actually like, keep the joke going and have the character not um, not only wear glasses anymore? I, I mean, if he if he's wearing glasses, presumably it's because he has to wear glasses. And if he took them off, he'd, he'd be like you, just running into walls and whatnot. No, actually there was in one of the movies where he took off the glasses. Yeah. And was kind of like teasing Drax, and he could see perfectly. Okay, fair enough. I think I can't remember what happens to Drax in the other movies that he would have been wearing glasses. I know something happens. I mean, he changes in some way in every one of these. Um, all right. So, anything else about the way that it was resolved? Where you know it's it's the the big final climactic scene where they're in the cave and the cave is falling apart around them and Johnny who has lost his mind and turned into a fire breathing angry dragon is trying to bring the roof down on top of them and uh, you have a really fun cool action sequence with Mavis who retained her voice actress in Selena Gomez uh, who's running around trying to shoot him with the ray gun um, but he's break but it's daylight now and so he's punching holes in the cavern and so the sunlight is breaking through and she's like burning herself and she has to do all kinds of gymnastics and this is really fun action sequence where everyone covers her so she doesn't get burned by the sun uh-huh. and she finally makes it to the high precipice so that she can shoot him um, and it doesn't work mm-hmm. and so what does work however is that he go is that Drac jumps into his hand and he talks to him and he does the ooey gooey marshmallow sequence the marshmallow yes. And then that somehow shakes Johnny of his of his beastly madness, mm-hmm. and then she shoots him again, and then he turns back to normal. Yeah. What did you think of all that? Cute. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like seeing Mavis have a really fun action sequence at the end? Uh huh. Yeah. Was there anyone else you would rather have seen do that, or it was okay that she did it? I I wish they had like you know how in Space Jam too yeah. mm-hmm. you had Granny and she was the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. I wish you had like a Matrix moment with the old one. With uh, with the old one. What do you mean? 
um, with the um, with the mummy guy. Oh, okay. I wish you well, like he's still old, but he would, but he would jump from the crystals and just punch Johnny. You know, that's a that's a interesting point that Drax gang doesn't really do much in this movie. Yeah, they they, they all kind of contribute to her not being hit by the sun's rays, but outside of that, they don't. They're just kind of there for gags and funniness. What do you think of Blobby in this one? Blobby got Blobby got turned into Jello. I love, I know it's kind of funny. I love what? how, I love how annoyed Blobby looked when he had the eyes in his stomach. <laughs> it's funny. Is there anything that you think would have made the movie better or something that you would have written differently in this movie? I would have, I would probably have made it. Actually, I don't know. You don't know? You yeah. think it was just fine the way it is? Do you think they've told the story now? Are we done with this? Can we not do another Hotel Transylvania? Or like, no, we need th th there's still more story to, story to tell. We need to see what happens next. What do you think, Jonas? Well, honestly, I don't care. You don't care? Yeah. Wait, you're You're good with this being the last Hotel Transylvania? Well, I'm good with either way. You're good either way? Mm -hmm. If If someone came to you and like, Jonas, write, write a Hotel Transylvania 5, what do you, uh, what would you want to see? You had some very definitive ideas of where they should go next with the Ice Age. I'm curious if you thought about what they should do next with Hotel Transylvania, or should they just throw throw it in the closet and be done with this, move on to something else? Um, nah, you don't. Not, nothing's coming to mind. You don't want to see what happens with with Mavis and Johnny uh, running the hotel. Oh, I forgot about the how, how that's it. Okay. How that ends. Mm -hmm. But what would they do? Like, uh, do you think they would make like a spinoff series of what happened maybe. at the hotel? Maybe do I guess maybe do a a, Dis a um an Amazon specific or Netflix specific series dedicated to just you know the first year in the life of Mavis and Johnny running the hotel. Wait, but that would make no sense now thinking about it. Okay, why wouldn't it why? make sense? Sure, there's already a um a Hotel Transylvania series. Oh, tell me about that. What is that? It's based. It doesn't have like anything to do with Hotel Transylvania, like mm -hmm. the actual story. Okay. It kind of just. What's it about? It basically this um one vampire. She doesn't have like parents. She only has this like great great grandmother that's super rude. So it's a Hotel Transylvania series that has nothing to do with any of the characters in the Hotel Transylvania movies. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Um, I think we're ready to move on to the critical review. What do you think? Yes. All right. Here. Time to yell at other critics. Yes, here we go. One, two, three. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All right, the critical review is brought, the first critical review we're doing is brought to you by Grammarly. Don't run away, Jonas. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements to download Grammarly today go to getgrammarly.com slash w2m network again that's getgrammarly.com slash w2m network to download Grammarly for free that was Is so boring I yawned 
I understand. But hey, they're they're paying for all of this wonderful equipment that we have here. This this opportunity to you to share your thoughts and your dreams with the world. Don't you understand? Yeah. All right. So Hotel Transylvania, Jonas. Let's let's talk about this for a moment. So as you can see here, the critics uh, gave it a splat. They didn't love it. You know who loved it even less? The audience. <laughs> you see, you seem surprised. I am. It's, well, a, it's, well, a, it's an okay movie. It does not dissolve a splat in a in some spilled popcorn. Everyone, <laughs> even the we're gonna go and just say that that's rotten. Okay, it's rotten. Mm -hmm. It does not. You don't. So let me ask you a question before we even get into this. Are you more irritated with the the, the fact that the critics gave it a low score, or that the audience didn't love it? Audience. Okay. Why should the audience have loved it? Because I feel like the audience. Um, I feel like like the parents that would have bought the mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. should have been kind of like, okay, what do you think of the movie? Okay, so you feel like these audience stars are not people, obviously, you're, no one your age is on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So that's a very good point, that these audience scores are probably adults, and this was really not meant for them, you know, and that this was perfectly entertaining and wonderful and nice for its intended audience, which is people your age, and you are eight, almost eight years old. Yeah. That's a fair criticism, Jonas. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the critics' consensus... Curious if I've annoyed anybody with that now. Nope. Okay, good. Moving on. Um, the critics' consensus is, much like the trio of films it follows, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, is middling family viewing. Relatively painless, but overall rather uninspired. What do you think about that? Uh, wait, can we do it again? <laughs> it says, by Godfrey, much like the trio of films it follows... Hotel Transylvania, Transformania is middling family viewing. And then it's like, meh, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, Relati that's my opinion. Relatively painless, but overall rather uninspired. Like, there's nothing that really kicks it up to that next level, is what they're saying. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like saying okay. you, basically. <laughs> all right. So let's start with Chris. We're going to do a few of these, and then we'll move on to uh, Buck Wild. Christy Lemire of Film Week, NPR, Los Angeles. NPR is. Uh, one of those radio stations that Grandpa might listen to for his uh, his opinions. Um. Oh. Um. Apparently, she says there's no reason for this movie to exist. That's right. I, That's I right. agree. There's no. Oh, really? You agree with Christy Lemire of NPR Los Angeles? There's no reason for this movie to exist. Well, yeah. I mean, I the reason why I'm angry, everyone, that that it did super bad was because it's made for kids, mm -hmm. and these people. Or not kids. Right. But then but then why are you in disagreement here? She's saying there's no reason for this movie to exist. Clearly the reason for this movie to exist is to entertain children. Well, yeah. Is that not a worthy endeavor? But still, I don't... And also she's apparently a top critic. She is a top critic. Red Star, best of the best. She gets paid for this nonsense. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. But yeah, like, I, it's like I really like the movie. I mm -hmm. just think the... I just think kids should be allowed to wait. Okay, I mean, that's fair. Kevin Harley of Radio Times. Four films in, perhaps it's time to hang up the cape. He says we're done with this here. No more. No mas. Still don't care about this. I, this movie just like, okay, why does it... Yeah, I agree with the other one. Like, mm -hmm. This okay. movie just doesn't need to exist. You're supposed to yell at the critics, not agree with them. We're, 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 this whole bit's going, going sideways on me here. <laughs> Um, here, here's one for you. John Serber of Decider. 
Stream it so your kid won't bother you while the hangover wears off. How dare you? <laughs> oh, what are, what are you so mad about now? How dare these people disrespect kids? <laughs> you have underestimated us. Oh, I see. So you, you don't like the fact that he's just like, here, just put this nonsense on so your kids will leave you alone. That's that's not an appropriate way to, to review a film. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I know people who would agree with you. Uh, Felix Velasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed. Dull, lousy, and completely ignores why the first film works so well. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the the whole central conflict is uh, the whole central conflict is that Drac and Johnny don't you know he's not good enough for his daughter. He continues to not be good enough for his daughter. That is exactly what the first film was about. Uh-huh. They're just finding new ways to sort of put that all together and present it to the world. Uh-huh. But. I don't really, this might be the end of this series. Don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Because kind of when, because basically, the, like, cause isn't this whole entire series just kind of about Dracula doesn't accept Johnny? Yeah, that's what I keep saying, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, because now he accepts Johnny, so there's nothing they can really do. But doesn't him. he accept Johnny by the end of every film? I mean, he accepted He accepted that Mavis and him were going to be together. He accepted that they had a child, and that this child was going to be whatever it was going to be. No. The, the th- well, the third one has less to do with Johnny and more to do with him finding love. Well, we would have to rewatch the movies. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, Carla Hay of... We'll do two more of these, and then we're done. Carla Hay of Culture Mix. The movie is filled with overused cliches that have already been in other films. Ma'am, <laughs> there are all kinds of movies with, with other cliches for other films. That's kind of where we are in the business right now. Yeah. The relationships and characters that could have been developed are ignored or shoved to the margins of the story. And eh, that's true. The ending of the movie is kind of weak and abrupt. Ma'am, after 90 minutes, there was nothing abrupt about this movie. No, ma'am. All right, and here's the last one. Now, I'm going to read this because you have seen some horror movies in your time. I have shown you Aliens. I have shown you the first two Scream movies. And yet... Well, you told me Aliens 2. That wasn't a horror movie. Well, it, no, it's not Aliens 2. It's Aliens. The first movie was Alien, singular. The second movie was Aliens, plural. That sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> Take it up with James Cameron or whoever. Um, all right, so Kevin Carr of Fat Guy at the Movies. We read him all the time. I love reading this guy's stuff. He's fantastic. Yeah. He says, it's a great horror movie primer for kids. What do you think about that, Jonas? Do you feel like this movie would have gotten you ready for the horror genre? What kind of idiot would call this a horror movie? <laughs> it's a horror movie primer, he says. Like, like not quite a horror movie, but it'll get you there. It'll get you where you need to go so that you can be prepa- prepared for scary images and whatnot. And there are no scary images! Oh, there's nothing scary about this movie to you? Yeah! Okay. Yeah, you... Yeah, Monsters alone aren't scary. If a monster is doing something like killing someone, mm-hmm. that's scary. Okay, so what do you have to say to uh, Kevin Carr of Fat Guy at the Movies? You're an idiot for not understanding <laughs> that this is not a horror movie. All right. Well, at least we're consistent on Damn You Hollywood. Every week we pick on this guy, and now even the, the almost eight-year-old uh, is nonplussed by his review. All right, so let's move on to... The Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. So before we get into that, so you've been catching up with all of the Ice Age movies. Tell me about your thoughts on them. What do you think? Um, which one was your favorite so far? My favorite would have to be... 
Well, first of all, how have you enjoyed them? Like, what do you think of them compared to some of the other franchise movies you've seen? I think they're super fun. Okay. What's super fun about the Ice Age movies? Well, I just kind of like how they're, um, they're mostly just kind of, like, how the full spark is kind of, like, eventuals. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, they did have a goal, but they had no idea where they were going. Mm-hmm. But then, like, after enough thing about it, the first two movies were kind of about the same thing, mm-hmm. just opposites, kind of. Okay, explain that to me. Well, basically, instead of everything's, um, like, icy mm-hmm. in the first one, in the second one, everything's melting. Okay, but they're still trying to get someplace. Yeah. That is the point of at least the first two Ice Age movies, is that they are trying to move from one place to the other because their current habitat is in peril of some kind. But, yeah, well... And also, the second movie also exists, um, so, um, Manny can get married. Right. The other I vaguely did. remember that. This is not a series I have kept up on. Uh, I think I, I think I saw the one where they introduced Ellie. I know I've seen the first one, and then after that, these all kind of run together, and I may or may not have seen them all. But you've been, so you, you've watched all the Ice Age movies up to this one. I yeah? even watched the specials. You even watched the specials. Okay. And... Your favorite one is the one that you like the best. Um, I would have to say I really enjoyed the uh, second to last. The second to last one. Do you remember which one that is? Yeah, it's, I think it's called like Collision Course. Collision Course. Okay, that's the one you said where asteroids or meteors or something or other are, are crashing to the planet. Yeah. Okay. I just really liked it because Buck Wild. Oh, and then okay, that, is that where they introduce the Buckwild character? No, in Dawn's Dinosaurs they introduce him, but okay. he returns in in um, Collision Course. All right, so let's talk about Buckwild for a second. Uh, I don't know this character. I had no idea who he was. I laughed at that title when I when Disney announced that they said the Ice Age Adventures of Buckwild. I, I I cracked up. I thought that was a funny name. I have no idea who this person is. So, so who is Buckwild? Basically, he is this um. Basically, he is this kind of low, low um weasel, I think. Okay. And he's just kind of living out in the lost world with the dinosaurs. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a weasel. Yeah, trying to bring justice to to it. <laughs> oh, I see. He's kind of the Batman of the Ice Age series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. So you were looking forward to this, yeah, because you wanted to see more adventures with Buck Wild. No, I just like Ice Age movies. You just like that. So you were looking forward to it, but not because of Buck. They could have said, this is Ice Age, we're going to sit here and and eat tacos, and you'd have been fine with it. Yeah. Okay. Ice Age, the adventures of taco eating. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So this is... Just an hour of watching Manny, uh, um, Ellie, mm-hmm. Eddie, Clash, and... Um, don't. Just arguing with each other? Yeah. Just, just doing bits? Okay. <laughs> yeah, just arguing with each other, shoving tacos in the mouth. <laughs> Perfect. Alright, so, uh, this came out, I believe, in the last week or so. Um, it was directed by John C. Duncan in his featured directorial debut. Um, it's a spin-off of the Ice Age franchise and a sequel to Ice Age Collision Course. It stars the voice of Simon Pegg, the only previous cast member to return. This is another one, Jonas, I don't know if you realize this or not, where they changed everybody, almost everyone's voice actor. Mm-hmm. So um, so you have Vincent Tong and Aaron Harris, who are Crash and Eddie, and they are the possums, and they sort of the driving force of this movie. Yeah, they pretty much the main characters. Yeah, well, they were originally voiced by uh, Sean William Scott and... Josh Peck, um, from the Ice Age Meltdown to Collision Force. And then you have, uh, 
Let's see here. You have uh, Sean Kennan, alias Reyes, as Manny, who replaced Ray Romano as um, Manny. You have Jake Green, who plays Sid, and he replaced John Leguizamo, who played uh, Sid. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Skylar Stone, who took over for, who took over as Diego, who was originally voiced by Dennis Leary, and they even got rid of, and even Queen Latifah didn't come back for this. Instead, they got someone named Dominique Jennings, um, who plays uh, Ellie. So there it is. There, another. Did you notice at all that there was a change in the voices? Uh, or like Hotel Transylvania, not only did you not know, nor did you care? Um, I did not know, what did I care? Okay. Didn't change the movie for you. Uh -huh. Got it. Yeah. All right. Concerned about the two possums crashing Eddie, Ellie, their woolly mammoth sister, calls for them, but they refuse to listen, calling themselves independent possums. It's a coming-of-age story, don't you understand? Yes. They accidentally cause an avalanche like you do. Like this Black Widow, everyone's causing accidental avalanches. Have you noticed that? This uh -huh. is a go-to thing now in the movies. Yeah, like um, Juan. Yes, there's another good one. Uh, and destroy the gang's summer home. Manny tells Crash and Eddie off for their recklessness and irresponsibility with him, and the rest of the herd declaring they would not survive on their own. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Wanting to prove them wrong, like you do, Crash and Eddie sneak out and leave the new camp. Crash and Eddie go gone. Um, finding Crash and Eddie gone the next day, Ellie insists that they leave to go find them. Crash and Eddie stumble upon the entrance to the Lost World, a land full of dinosaurs, and quickly get in trouble with two raptors trying to eat them. Breaking away, they run into Buck Wild, who helps them escape and tells them that a Proceratops named Orson, who was bullied as when he was young for having a massive brain, has escaped from exile and has come to conquer over the Lost World. Buck tries to get Crash and Eddie back to their home, but figures out a boulder is covering the entrance to the Lost World. Orson appears and says that he sealed the exit. Buck and the possums escape and go to Buck's hideout, where Buck explains how he used to be part of an old squad that established the watering hole for animals to peacefully coexist. He goes on to say that Orson did not accept to join his squad because he believed in a world where the strong dominate the weak, <laughs> with him being the leader of them all. Buck further explains that because his squad stood in Orson's way, the latter tried to get rid of them, they defeated him, banishing him to exile on Lava Island. Mm -hmm. With no one knowing how he escaped, because why bother putting that in the movie, Orson figures out that he can control two raptors on the island with fire. Wait, I have something to say. Okay. One thing I did not like about what they did. Can you save it for when I'm done with this? Okay. You just, just come right out of the gate with that as soon as I'm done with the plot synopsis. Later, the two raptors find Buck's hideout, but Z, a Zorilla, who used to be part of Buck's former squad, saves them by using a gas to knock out the raptors. Orson, seeing that two raptors is not enough to capture Buck, goes to find more. Orson and his new army of raptors attack the watering holes with Buck and Z telling the animals to evacuate the area. Buck and Z tense with each other after the squad broke up, head to get help along with possums. They arrive at Lost Lagoon and summon their old friend, Mama. Mama! 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 Not the Mama. While Mama is knocked out because of a toothache, they pull Orson and his raptors arrive um, and attack them. Buck and Z forgive each other for breaking up the old gang and agree to work together. Aww. Acting as a diversion, Buck is captured by Orson, allowing the others to escape. Trying to figure out how Orson controls the raptors, Z and the possums devise a plan to get wait, Buck wait, back. Wait, wait, I want to say something. The thing, uh, yes? The file, um, so, <laughs> I, I, I can't say that. 
good song. Um, Let's go, go, go. Basically, um, I'm kind of annoyed that they showed you what controlled how awesome man's controlled electors. Okay. Before they, before the actual like the people like before Clash and Eddie and everyone else figured it out. Okay. That is kind of annoying to know what you like what the thing is. Well, they were setting it up to pay it off later. That's okay. Chekhov's gun. They show you something in the beginning of the movie, and in the end, it shows up later to resolve the conflict, uh, therefore paying off what they set up from the beginning. Set up, pay off. I don't get it. Okay. So they, they show you something at the beginning of the movie that's, be that's going to become important later, and then they use that to resolve the conflict at the end. It's called Chekhov's gun. Uh, the, I don't want to get into who Chekhov was and why he had a gun in the, thing he was, in the story he was telling. That's not the point here. The point here is that uh, in... Stru structured storytelling, you mm -hmm. set up stuff in the beginning and then you pay it off at the end to have a a um, fulfilling conclusion. Okay. Okay? That's why the whole fire thing was there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Got it? Uh-huh. But okay. But, in you, but you would have rather they just figured it out without having set it up at all? Like it just comes out of the clear blue sky? But you do kind of know what the fire was important for. Okay. Because? Because they do explain that like there's something that the I'm pretty sure right after they tell the story, but mm -hmm. like we need to like we need to figure out what makes them control the actors. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't important later in the story because it, it's important because you figure it out like ten seconds later. Okay, I mean that's fair. Mm -hmm. All right, so to finish with this, uh, trying to figure out how Orson controls the Raptors, Z and the Possums devise a plan to get Buck back. Ellie and the others figure out uh, Crash and Eddie entered the Lost World. They uncover the entrance and run into Mama, who tells them Crash and Eddie are in danger. Z and the Possums free Buck, and with the help of others, they continue to fight Orson and his army. Buck tries to explain to Orson that everyone needs to live in peace, because of course they do. This is a children's movie. But Orson arrogantly denies him and continues to fight, figuring out... Orson controls the raptors with fire. Crash and Eddie create a fire of their own and stop the raptors from fighting and save the world. The raptors upset with Orson chase him away. Ellie and the others apologize to Crash and Eddie and ask him to come home, but Crash and Eddie express that they want to stay in the lost world with Buck and Z. Saddened by their decision, Ellie allows them to stay and they say goodbyes, but Crash and Eddie would still come to visit them. All right. So you were like chopping at the bit to explain what your issue with this movie is. Go. Um, I just said it. Okay, you just, that was the that's what you originally wanted to stop me and tell me. Um, yeah, but then you mentioned it again, so I couldn't hold it back. Oh, okay. You know, so it's funny. I um. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Give it, I just wanted to bring it up so we had it ready. So Jonas, I want to tell you, uh, before you were born, well before you were born, before the age of streaming, there was something called direct to DVD movies, and they were always of a poorer quality, generally speaking, than the original movie. So like Aladdin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Aladdin with the, the cartoon Aladdin, not the live action one. Okay. So the cartoon Aladdin comes out with Robin Williams and it's a big hit. Everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Everyone loves it. Um, they want to see more Aladdin stuff. So then they make sequels to Aladdin. I think like the return of Jafar and then your monkey's uncle and the, you know, lamps, beds and beyonds and whatever, whatever other stupid sequels there were to this movie, but they all go direct to video and none of them are of that great. You know, same thing with the Lion King. You know, they would do The Lion King 2, and they would do The Lion King, Pumbaa, and Shmageggy, all of that. Wait, there was a sequel to Lion King? Yes. What was that about? Uh, let's, 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 I'll tell you later. 
So anyway, the point that I'm bringing up is that they were never of particularly great quality. They were always like just a cash grab because people would buy them and they would play them for their kids and they were never as good as the original. This Ice Age spin-off movie, in my opinion, Jonas, is right out of the glorious history of straight-to-video, poor-quality nonsense movies you throw on for your children while you have to do laundry. <laughs> Get your gun finger out of my face. All right, so you have a different opinion. What is your opinion, sir? I think this kind of dissolves to exist. Okay. They need more, like, because they had... Such a great idea with there were dinosaurs living underground in mm -hmm. these movies. Okay. Yeah. You have something that big in these movies. Why don't you do more stuff with that? Okay. So your your so your point of contention is that with this lost world that they've created in the Ice Age universe, mm -hmm. there's there's room for story to be mined. Like there's all kinds of things you can do with that with this area full of dinosaurs yeah. that you would like to conceive them do do that with. Yeah, that's okay. why I want them to make basically a show about mm -hmm. what happens after this. Mm -hmm. Because, like, what happens after, like, they all, like, living... Now, when you say a show, are you talking about a show that focuses on Eddie and Crash living in the Lost World? Yeah. Okay. So, let, let's talk about that for a minute. Well, let, let, let's go back a second. You like this movie a lot. Why did you like this movie? I just, like, it's another movie and a franchise I love. Okay. So that's kind of why. See, well, it's interesting because I guess I guess you just didn't love Hotel Transylvania as much because you were like, yeah, that one can go or stay. I don't really care. But this one, you're like, no, no, no. We need to go keep going back to this world. I love it. I don't want to leave this universe. You sound like so many other people I know. Um, so it, even though the, the story itself might not have been the best thing ever, you just like having to go back, go back to these characters and go back to this universe, it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Um, so was this, do you think this was a worthy adventure for Buck Wild? Do you think this was good, you know, it stood enough, it was solid enough for him to stand alone in his own movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, even though he kind of got his own movie with Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Mm hmm But that was kind of like, oh. But that was more about, like, oh, he found a new universe, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's a weasel living in there. Right. Um... Who did you like? Who did you think carried the story better? You know, were you more interested in what Crash and Eddie were doing, or were you more interested in the title character Buck Wild? I was interested. I I would count them both kind of combined. Mm -hmm. What I didn't like was when they cut to what um the rest of the gang was doing. Oh, and they went back to Manny and Ellie and all that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about another character here. Um, who is Justina Machado's Z? Uh, a Zorilla, who was a former and only other surviving member of Buck's Superior Team. I'm guessing this is the first time we meet her? Um, yes. Okay. So, they introduced the girl hero action-adventure character. What did you think of her? Okay. Um, she, was, she was pretty cool? Yeah. Okay. I, I just feel like it's weird mm -hmm. that whole kind of thing is that she farts. <laughs> Basically. Okay. That she, that she, she doesn't fart. She produces a smell to, war, to uh, ward off predators. Basically a fart. <laughs> so, is that really a fun superpower to have? Just fart and you know, people just pass out? <laughs> I, I can help you with that. I've done that, as a matter of fact. Cleared out an entire room once. <laughs> um, so farting's a fun superpower? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Is that why you like her? Well, yeah. Do you think she added to the story in a significant way, or do you well, think she was, like, like how, just kind of there? I like how, I like how, like, you made the team, mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay, there's this one other survivor. 
Mm-hmm. And then introduce that one other survival. Okay. Are you interested in see her, seeing her in her next film? More adventures with Buck Wild and Z and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Is there anything about this movie that you didn't like? Or if you were telling your friends to watch this, you were like, oh, this one part sucks. Or this one part I didn't like or whatever. I, um... Or yeah. was it just perfect? Don't change a thing. Um... What do you think? Um, I would just... If I could change this movie in any way, mm-hmm. I would cut up. I would cut out pretty much the the like the um the bits of them just walk walking like they think I would like like when they like like the bit of them walking to the lost world. Okay. I wouldn't. I would cut that out. Do you think but, there's just too much time in transit, and not enough like action adventure sequences? No, I just I was I want to cut out one of the um one of the um scenes of them walking. Mm-hmm. Like I would I would leave the one where they figure out they're going to a lost world. I would cut out the other one. Okay, just felt like it just dragged the narrative down. Yeah, and okay. and have Mama Teen just not be in. Okay. Would you? And you, know, you said you didn't like it when they went back to Manny and Ellie and all of them. You need. You, I mean, they need to show up in the in the end to pay off what happens in the beginning with Manny driving them off in the first place. So you have to bring them back at some point. Well, but yeah. you just wouldn't go back to them at all. But enough to do that would just be showing them like, okay, let's go in, mm-hmm. like figuring that out. They wouldn't need to show anything else. Okay. And just have mom and, and they wouldn't. And this, and because you just wouldn't have Mama T there at the end. So I want to complain about one thing. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, our which character is he? The Perceratops character, Orson, played by Utkarish. I'm back. I'm pronouncing the poor bastard's name completely badly. Uh, anyway, the guy that plays Orson, I hated his voice acting in this. I like. like this character had no menace to him at all. You know, for me, the villain should have, like, a deeper, more scarier voice. It's, you know, there should be a projection. Of, I mean, unless you're going for, like, a nerdy kind of, you know, like the character from The Incredibles. You know, he had a more higher-pitched voice, but that was sort of his character, is that he was the sidekick who got who got angry with how he was treated, and so he wanted to take revenge on The Incredibles. Like, there it works. Here... You know, he's try- this is a character who's trying to be king of the lost world. And, you know, he has an army of raptors that he's turned to, you know, to his aid. I'm and pretty- he sounds, and, you know, and he just doesn't sound right. He doesn't sound like he would be scary or menacing at all. Well, that's kind of the joke. Okay. Tell me about that. The joke is he's he's kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. And his only defense is the raptors that he is taking control of and his brain. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the joke. He's just a nerd, but it's like a nerd took control of bullets. <laughs> okay. And then try to lead a school. So it works for you because you think he's supposed to be a nerdy character. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I didn't love it though, but I mean, it works for you. I guess that's what's important here. Yeah. All right. Um. Anything else about the ice age before we move on to the critical review? I I kind of know I kind of don't want to get to the review because I don't want to stale at the twenty five waiting ever again. I, I noticed. Oh well, this is this is your opportunity to tell them that they're wrong, Jonas. That is the whole point of this. Okay. All right. So before we do, uh, before we go, I want to ask you a very important question. Do you think music? Uh, get back here. Do you think music would have made 
either of these movies better. Uh, Hotel, especially the Hotel Transylvania stuff, they tend to use a lot of really fun pop music. Do you think there's any kind of music that would have made Hotel Transylvania or Ice Age even better? No. Perfect. And you can hear the kinds of music that he doesn't think would have made this any better uh, using our 30-day free trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. Yes, sir, Bob. Uh, if you click the link in the description of this podcast at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. You can try a three 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited, over 70 million songs, Jonas. You could spend all day listening to music. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I forget you hate music. Um, well, I enjoy some music, mm-hmm. but... Like think of if you were going to use the Amazon Music Unlimited service, what would you? What would be the first thing you'd look for? Um, Nintendo Core. Uh, of course you would. A- Anima Gucci. Yeah, Nintendo Core. Yeah, the band that did the Scott Pilgrim stuff. Yeah. And you can find all of Anima Gucci's catalog on Amazon Music. So click the link at getamazonmusic.com/slash/w2mnetwork. If you like it, you keep it. You pay the monthly fee. It's comparable to Spotify or Apple Music. If you don't, you can cancel. Anytime, no fuss, no muss, no contracts, no pains in the butt. And with that, here we go for our second critical review. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This guy. <laughs> okay, Jonas. Well, the critics didn't love this, as you can see. What's that old rival? Oh, it's, it's a video game. Pay, oh. pay attention to what we're doing here. Um, so this is a 24% uh, rotten for the critics and a 57% audience score. Nobody liked this movie. Not nobody, not know how, Jonas. Well, the audience said I think liked it more than Hotel Transylvania. Uh, maybe. I'd have to go back and look again. Yeah. All right, and there's no critical consensus. This movie is so bad, no one, they, could, they, they didn't even bother to put a critical consensus in there. They just said, it's bad, don't watch it. But here. Um... Sean Edwards of Fox 4, Kansas City, says, It felt like a hundred years watching. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, considering it's a splat, it's probably a bad thing. He felt like it was so, it was so bad. It's so bad, it took a hundred years to get through it. And, and, and to his credit, even I had to get up at one point and walk away and go, and go find a drink or something or distract myself. I was a little long in the middle for well, an 82-minute movie. Well, you did kind of go at... You did kind of leave at the bowling pole. We were just... Yeah, see? Yeah. We were just kind of like them on a boat doing nothing. All right. Uh, Chris Swin of Hub Pages. When Z first meets Crash and Eddie, Buck says something along the lines of, what they lack in courage, they make up with bumbling ineptitude. That is all the adventures of Buck Wild is. An unnecessary animated excursion into bumbling ineptitude. Wait, what? It means that like they're tripping and falling and they're clumsy and dumb. And also do that. Okay, so if you could not be clumsy and dumb and knock my pad everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I disagree with all of you people. Okay. Mark Mazoros of the News Herald of Willoughby, Ohio. During a recent afternoon viewing, thoughts of making coffee were followed by thoughts of making more coffee. You know, I'm not. I'm wondering why they got professional critics to review this at all. This was clearly not meant for anyone above the age of 12. Can I please do, like, one that actually doesn't have a splat? Yeah. 
Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. Why? <laughs> because I feel the need to bully this person. <laughs> um, it's nice to see these other annoying characters get their own movie. See, he agrees with you. Yeah. All right. See, you and Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies, in in. Uh, yeah, you want to find me? You want me to read some more positive ones? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's see if we can find any. Oh. Well. Uh, Allison Rose, a flick direct. The Ice Age Adventures of Buckwild has a target audience, and for them at least, it hits the mark. See, she's completely in agreement with you. Yes, can you like all reviews? <laughs> uh, last one here. We're going to read from Variety, because Variety is a perfectly wonderful trade for the mm -hmm. film and entertainment Wait, industry that everyone find... should read. What now? I'm trying to find one, but what will... The Variety is right there. Okay. And I did that for Robert Winfrey's... Uh, and Benefit, by the um, way. Can we do the mail now? Now, yes, but let me do variety first. Courtney Howard of Variety, top critic. This one should have remained on ice. Do you get it? Do you get it? It should have remained on ice because it's the ice age. Do you get it? Do you get it, Jonas? Okay, I get it. Whoever I get it, Courtney Howard, whatever your name is. Oh, I get it. I guess you don't like having a more tropical area. <laughs> Got it. She's making a pun because it's the Ice Age. It should have remained on ice. They pay her to do that. They pay her to come up with t t just tortured puns. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stop. It's going to violence every time. Lastly, Neil Manow of Movie Mom. Oh, Movie Mom, Jonas. She knows what's best for you. She's a top critic, don't you understand? <laughs> entertainingly combines goofy humor for both kids and adults with some heartwarming lessons about teamwork, taking responsibility, and the families we choose. The only thing I disagree with this one, because just by seeing all of these other reviews, mm -hmm. is the adult part. <laughs> all right. Well, Jonas, we made it to an hour. How about that? We actually pulled an hour out of these two movies. No, we need to like, sit here for like, seven more minutes. Well, we still got to do plugs. And if you know anything about my, about my shows, plugs go on for at least 20 minutes to a half an hour. All right, so anyway, uh, so that is our review of Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, and Ice Age, The Adventures of Buck Wild. And um, I don't think you and I have anything else on the calendar that we're doing together for a little while. Um, wait, will you review Jackass? We're going to do a TikTok review of Jackass. I am not spending an hour on Jackass. Yes, we are. However, that is a good point. You and I did do an alternative audio-only commentary for the very first Jackass movie mm -hmm. uh, right here on YouTube and on whatever podcast you can find, and that is available now in the archives for you to listen to. Can we one day watch the other Jackass movies? We can eventually watch the other Jackass movies. They sound amazing. Uh, they are. They are a, a they are peak cinema. Yeah. They also, I think, I think that might have actually won the weekend. Can you believe that? I mean, we're, it's only Saturday morning right now as we're recording this, but... Uh, just looking at the trades on Twitter so far, it's looking like Jackass may have won the weekend ahead of Spider-Man and ahead of Moonfall. But how do you feel about that? Um, I'm pretty good, even though I didn't really like that one that much. What, Moonfall? No, and no, I'm talking about the Jackass one. We haven't seen it yet. No, I'm talking about the review we did. We have, oh, you didn't like, you didn't like our audio commentary. Because I didn't really understand what was going on half of the time. No. Because it would be... Because the only way to really enjoy that is to have it 
jackass rolling in the background while mm-hmm. you listen to that, so you know oh, what okay. we're talking about. So you so listening back to it, it was hard to it was hard to figure out what was happening on screen. Yeah, like okay. like when we start yelling, like, "Oh no, they <laughs> killed Porky Pig!" Like, what is happening? Gotcha. All right. And in the meantime, uh, later we speaking of Aladdin, we really re-aired our Aladdin review from 2019. That's up on the W2M site today. Uh, later on today, we will be doing myself and Dan Lasby will be doing an a alternative commentary for Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios. That's a Fox pay-per-view tonight. That starts whenever the main event starts, but I'll be watching along and tweeting my thoughts uh, when the when the undercard starts at seven o'clock on Fox. Uh, this past week, my we'll go back to Sunday. Myself and Harry Broadhurst reviewed the world on DCW and No Holds Barred Volume 21. Andrew Graham and Evan Bevins and I reviewed Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, we re-aired our Catwoman on trial. We re-aired our Jackie Brown on trial for Black History Month. And in the evening, speaking of the Oscars, uh, myself and Alexis Hanna reviewed Belfast Passing. And come on, come on, come on, Jonas, come on. Why? Come on. Why? Come on. Come on. All right. um, I'm just confused. Yes, you should be. Uh, Pam and Tommy just debuted on Hulu, and so we re-aired our our reviews of The Doit. The Doit! What's that? The Doit. It's about Motley Crue, man. The best band in the history of heavy metal. Motley Crue, baby. Who are they? They are Vince Neil, they are Nikki Six. they are Mick Mars, and they are Tommy Lee. Wait, is this like a movie or something? Or it's a movie about a band that rocked the world. They sang, they sang Dr. Feelgood, and they sang Goyles, Goyles, Goyles. Was it kind of like, um, like you know, in those, like, interview things where, it's like, what talked about, like, what their life was about? It talked about how the band got together and, you know, what happened during the height of their uh, their fandom and their popularity. Oh. Okay. The Doit. Anyway, uh, so that the got... Doit is the, a real name. The Dirt. The, because it's the name of... They, they wrote an autobiography, collectively. Uh, and it was called Motley Crue, Motley Crue Presents the Dirt. So the movie was based on their autobiography, The Dirt, so they just kept the name The Dirt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we re- so that's up on the site. Also, the soundtrack to The Dirt we reviewed as well on a separate podcast. And additionally to that, we reviewed Battle Beast, Circus of Doom. Uh, plus, <laughs> we, we did a reaction to on that podcast, and it's up on TikTok as its own thing. We did a reaction to Smells Like Bootylicious. It was fantastic. Have you have I shown you my TikTok yet? No. You want to see my TikTok? Sure. What? I will show you when we're done here. It's fantastic. It's me wrapped up in that blanket over there, just jamming out to uh, Smells Like Bootylicious. I'm now um, concerned. You should be. Um, as I, And everyone was concerned when they saw it. Uh, speaking of concern, myself and Pat Mullen did uh, another chapter of The Four Kings of Boxing, this time focusing on... The uh, the revolution, the renaissance, the second coming of Roberto Duran as he took on marvelous Marvin Hagler and Tommy the Hitman Hoynes. And then we had a re-airing of Corn to Nothing because Corn Requiem came out Friday. We'll be reviewing that next week. Uh, plus, we started re-airing some of our old Keith Thurman alternative commentaries. We did one with him versus Jose Cito Lopez and then him versus Manny Pacquiao. This week, we've got Agretzko season four. Uh, I'm re-airing my old Long Road to Ruin that we did of the first three 70s um, Shaft movies. And then, hang on, and then Jason Teasley and I, the protocol son, Jason Teasley and I will be reviewing Shaft 2000 and Shaft 2019. Yes, Jonas? Um, why are some of your things, like, grayed out? 
What do you mean? Like, you see how these are grayed out? Well, because those are days that have passed already. Okay. So, like, doesn't that mean, um, wait, is that today? Yes. So that means tomorrow we're watching the iTunes. Yes. Very okay. good. And then, um, Tuesday, and this is as far as we'll go, Tuesday on Damn You Hollywood, myself and Robert Winfrey will spend five minutes discussing Moonfall, five more minutes discussing the lack of money that it made, and the rest of the podcast discussing Roland Emmerich complaining about Marvel and Star Wars movies, because that's really all that podcast needs to happen, is us having discussion about Roland Emmerich crying and whining about the state of film. Wait, so you're not going to do what you're supposed to do? No, we are. It just it just takes no time to do it. How, how long do you think Robert and I can discuss Moonfall? You saw it. I, there's no possible lengthy discussion that's going to come out of that movie. Okay, how about you talk over the movie? <laughs> just do an alternative commentary <laughs> over Moonfall. No, I, I would much rather I would much rather complain about Roland Emmerich. Wait, you don't like Moonfall? We'll talk about it Tuesday. All right, that's it, folks. Uh, is there any podcast that you want to plug? Any writings you're doing for Four One One Mania? Any dojos that you work out in? Any uh, video games you're playing? Anything you want to talk oh, about? I've been playing. I've been uh, making this thing in Mario Maker called Blockland. Where yeah. I'm basically just kind of going. You want to plug your Twitch? Oh well, then nobody cares. <laughs> nobody can see you do it. Then right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put it on Twitch, man. You gotta, hey, you gotta control your narrative. You gotta, you gotta put your brand out there. Wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> yes, I'm sir. apparently not on this podcast. It, it, you're, you're only on this podcast. See, it says it right there. Yeah, it's because I'm the brand. I am the brand. <laughs> All right. When the child smacks his own face, it's time to call it a night. Thank you for joining us here on Damn You Hollywood's Review of Hotel Transylvania and Shut Up Jonas <laughs> and Ice Age for Jonas Rattledge. Mark Rattledge, be well, be safe, and behave.